Hey guys, Chase Sharon. This is my very first podcast interview and something that I've been wanting to do for a little while and I'm super excited to get involved with Heath on the Insurance Town and do something sort of like a, a subcast as we're going to call it for now. Uh, the purpose of this was just to interview local people, people that you know that you love in the industry right here in Arkansas. We could take like a little uh, 30, 45 minute deep dive into who they are and their background. And I was lucky enough to have Sydney Hoffman's with iTrust Insurance as my very first guest, which um, I had a, just an amazing time. I will tell you, I will warn you, so to speak, that the audio on my side was a little messed up. It, it, only because it was the the first interview we've done in-house and not over Zoom. We did it face-to-face, -face, so we kind of had some technical difficulties there, but Sydney sounds awesome, which is the most important thing, and you can still, you can still make out uh, the questions I'm asking, so I just wanted to kind of give a forewarning there, and as we go uh, more into this uh, for the weeks to come that all be fixed but this was the first one so you know what do you want from me this is what you get so anyway sit back relax and enjoy Sydney Hoffman My name is Chase Sharon. Not Heath Sharon, but Chase Sharon. This is my first podcast, and this is the first time we're in studio. I think I don't think he's ever done it like this before. First off, I wanted to do this because I wanted to talk to people local that I know and kind of get in their background and who they are and kind of go that route. So I guess, and I said this to you yesterday, kind of cradle to grave, but you're not dead. So cradle to now. Let's dive right in. My first question is, where were you born? Where did you grow up? I am born and raised in Arkansas. I've lived in a couple different areas of the state, but never outside of it. Yeah. Um, was born in Little Rock at what used to be called Doctor's Hospital and spent my first few years growing up in Otter Creek. Um, Early years, it was just mom, dad, myself, and my younger brother, Seth. He was born three years after me. So we lived in Otter Creek and then moved to Saline County in 01. So I put me in second grade or so. Yeah. And I spent the rest of my schooling there until set my sights on college. Nice. So you were at, when did you graduate from? Bryant High School? From Bryant, what yes. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2011. Oh, wow. Baby. Uh -huh. Baby. Okay. So 2011. So what did mom and dad do? We, can, we know what dad did. I mean, wasn't he, was he even nationwide back then? Yeah, he was nationwide at the time. He had didn't start in insurance. He grew up in Kansas and came down to Arkansas selling lumber originally and had poked around with a couple different jobs and thought, hey, an insurance agency may not be the worst thing to do. He had some friends who had, who had uh, done it prior to, and so he decided to start the nationwide agency a little bit before I was born. Mm -hmm. um, so he was really grinding it out the early years working to build his book of business, establish a stable life for the family. So he was present as much as he could be, um, but spent the early years working. But we were we were really uh, fortunate enough that mom could stay at home in the early years. She was a stay-at-home mom. She was a teacher prior to having me, um, but was there all throughout, 
you know, our childhood for both Seth and I. So it was, it was really wonderful to have those special moments with her um, and that dad could work hard to provide all that he could for us. So we really had about as textbook of a great childhood, great upbringing as, as anyone could say. Right. Right. So you're okay. Your brother's younger, right? Yes. Okay. How much younger is he? Three years. Three years. Okay. So your mom's the same mom. She was a teacher before. Well, how did her and David meet your dad? They were set up on a blind date ah, uh, by my mom's nice. uncle, actually. Um, he got to know my dad through work and set them up. They did not hit things off in the beginning. They were friendly, but not more than that. Yeah. And they uh, they developed over the course of a year and a half or so. We're just friends, and then it evolved into more. And uh, they ended nice. up yeah, ended nice. up getting married and starting a family together. So. Nice, nice. So... I don't, I don't think it's any secret, or I, I wanted to talk to you about this. First of all, your mother passed when you were how old? Uh, I was the day before I turned 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, what, I guess, what kind of a person, uh, we'll get into some other stuff in a minute, but what kind of a person was she? The best person? Yeah. You know, I I know that I look back on things through the lens of, of being a child and idealizing my parents, but she really was the best mom. You know, she was stay-at-home mom. So she was able to be involved in every aspect of our lives and really went above and beyond to provide opportunities for us. We played all the sports, did all the other extracurriculars. She was involved with the youth program, involved uh, at our elementary. She was, she was just involved from top to bottom, uh, really was the epicenter of our family and uh, my favorite person. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, at the time that she passed, it was sudden for us. She had gone to the doctor a, f- a few times over the year prior, and they could never really figure out what was going on, had some autoimmune issues, um, and really even up to her death, couldn't pinpoint what exactly was wrong. But she went to the doctor pretty sick, was diagnosed with pneumonia, then right. double How old pneumonia. Was she, at the time? she was 41. Oh, wow. Yeah. So young. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, no. So she, over the span of a, a couple of months, really deteriorated mm. um, and ended up passing. And it was, it was a shell shock to, to all of us. We were not expecting that, had not planned for it. Um, and as I said, she was the center of the universe. So we were all scrambling to figure out how to continue living after yeah. she left. It was hard for, for dad, Seth and I, and in uniquely different ways and in the same ways, but losing that presence in my life. Um, really put a pause on my development probably for a couple of years. It was just, I got really stuck in the grief, um, didn't know what steps to take to get out of it and um, saw life continuing to move on, saw friends wanting to laugh and have a good time. And I was just stuck in this overwhelming grief um, at, a, at a very, you know, very acutely um, difficult time to grow up. Um, so it was, it was rough. But I learned a lot of life lessons earlier than most can say, and I think it it made me all the better. It just seems like it would be such a hard thing to deal with. So you're in high school, you're at you're at Bryan High School, and you Heath, I think, believe told me that you were quite the ball players. That's correct. <laughs> were, you, were you the athlete? I mean, early <laughs> years I was. I played. I played just about every sport growing up, but basketball was always my favorite. Mm. I think my dad always wanted Same. me to be a softball Same. gal, and I played softball up through fifth grade or so. Yeah. Um, played soccer, did swim, did tennis, did all the things, but basketball was what I decided was going to be the sport of focus. So I did um, AAU and intramural ball, played up through the end of ninth grade, but ninth grade was the year that mom passed, 
And after that, I just really needed a mental reset. So I ended up hanging up my jersey early, retired, and uh, got involved in the journalism program at school. So my, my focus shifted a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, And then being a part of journalism helped uh, give me exposure to quite a few different groups of people. Because I would constantly go and, and interview people from different sports, different walks of life. Um, and so I really built a friend group through that as well. But Where did you go to college? University of Arkansas. You did? Yeah. Oh, nice. Where did you live up there? Did you live in Reed Hall? No. Oh, goodness. I'm drawing a complete blank on my dorms. They're newer than Reed, right beside Reed. What are they called? Oh, um, uh, Maple. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Maple, I believe. Okay, yeah. They were yeah. newer dorms at the time. They'd been around mm. for a little bit. Used to be the athletic dorms, and then they had built some next door. But yeah. They were, yeah. they were supposed to be the nicer dorms, but I didn't enjoy the experience. I wish I would have lived dead center in campus. We were so far away. You had to trek 20 minutes to any class. And yeah. there was a pocket of people there, but I didn't do Greek life. I wasn't in a sorority and everyone that I lived with was. So there were times where I felt a little bit excluded from groups and just wanted to immerse myself in some more of what the school had to offer and being on the outskirts just made it difficult. So Yeah, I feel you there. Uh, it's, it's funny because I lived in Palm and at the time I was there, oh, one. Um, Palmfort was just a normal hall. But I think like a year or two down the road, it became like an honors dorm. Am I correct in that? Do you ever remember? I believe Palmfort? so. So people would ask me later on, hey, where'd you live? And I'm like, Palm. They're like, oh, you must be really smart. I'm like, well, yeah, I am. I would just roll with it. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I lived in Palmfort. D-Wing was great. Um, but I also lived in Gladstone Ripley. It's a little, like, two-story on the way down the hill. Like, if you blink, you'll miss it. Like, and it looks like a shack. It, it was disgusting. But I lived there for a while. And um, I don't, it was behind, like, the Greek row. I don't know. But anyway, and then I lived off Weddington for a while. But Yeah, I yeah. lived off Weddington. For, you did? Yeah, I lived in a, a condo off Weddington for a bit. Um, finished out school there, and then lived a couple other places. I was in, I was in Fayetteville for about nine years. Altogether. Really, yeah, really. School. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Did you did you graduate from? University? Yes. You yes. Did. What did you study? What do you have your degree? In? I was advertising and public relations, nice. which is a part of their journalism program, not their business school. So I'm mm. a I'm a bachelor of arts. Lady. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a fallen soldier. I didn't make it. Going back to how far you had to track the class. I mean, I'm 18 years old. And listen, this is just me being lazy, but I'd look up Pomfret, that big hill. And yeah. Like, ah, and back then, like now you go on campus and there's shooters and whatever. And back then, it was like, you should walk. And no, I'm that like, hill is no joke. It's no joke. No joke. And after a night of partying, I look at that hill and go, like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> not today. Not today. Not today. It ain't happening. So after college, you were up there. What? So your dad's in insurance, as we know. Were you expecting or wanting to follow into this industry the whole time? Not at all. Uh, okay. Not at all. So what, what did you want to do? I had zero desire uh, to pursue insurance. And I had a hard time growing up figuring out exactly what I wanted. I'm one of those people that gets fixated on a thing for a while, and then I'm done with it, and I move on to something else. Uh-huh. So career path was the same way. 
I thought maybe advertising would be great. Maybe I want to go finance. Maybe I want to do broadcast journalism. No, I'm going to go to law school. I changed my mind quite a few times in school, but I didn't have the luxury of, of really figuring out what, what my plan was because I went into college with about a year or so of school under my belt from AP courses at high school, which was, I thought was nice at the time, mm-hmm. but it really put me on the fast track to figuring out what my plan was going to be because I only had three years to, to knock out what would have normally been four. So I decided on law school, got accepted into the program because um, I was scrambling at that point to figure out a job. I was about to graduate and had no, no prospects uh, because my field was very inundated with a lot of people like me. It was the most popular degree at the time and there just weren't that many job prospects. Um, so I actually went with dad. I think it was a PIA mixer. Um, on Dixon. I attended Ooh, with him. Yeah, at Farrell's. Yeah, at yeah. Farrell's, and I ran into a couple folks from Union Standard, um, chatted with them. We were, you know, a couple beverages in and had a, sure. a fake, fake interview in a back room, and it led to an official interview, and I ended up taking an internship there, which at the time was just something that was going to help postpone me going to law school or figuring out my plan. It was a summer internship, thought, okay, this is going to give me some cushion to to figure out exactly what it is I want to do. Um, and over the span of the internship, I, I decided insurance was actually far more interesting than I thought. I'd only yeah. had that, that narrow, narrow sight into the industry um, from father's perspective as an agent. He was with Nationwide and then started an independent agency a few years afterward. So I had heard plenty from him. Um, but frankly, his stories put me to sleep growing up. Uh, I just yeah, thought insurance was the most boring thing. Yeah. Didn't want to dabble, but I saw the carrier side and all of the different avenues you can explore within the industry and thought, okay, this, this may be something for me. So I interned there and they didn't have any positions open, um, at the conclusion of the internship, but they put me in touch with an agency in Northwest Arkansas, uh, Ferris, went to work for them for oh, a little yeah. bit, and then one thing I led to the that. other. And, and I remember the first time I heard your name, you, you remember Matt Brown, mm-hmm. right? So shout out to him, love him. And we used to have lunch or whatever, and he would say, I remember him saying, Hoffman's daughter is um, interning with us, and she's brilliant. And he was so, uh, he, he he just went on and on about how smart you were one time at lunch. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. But that, I think that's the first time I actually, like, I may have met you before, but I think that's the first time, like, I know that's the first time I actually, like, remember hearing about you. That's probably true. Yeah. Because I don't know that we ran into each other in circles before. I, yeah. Heath was one of the first people I met in the industry. And I remembered meeting him because how can you forget meeting sure. Heath? Yeah. Um, but you would have come later. I remember having a conversation with you at one point because you played b-ball with some of those guys. But yeah, I remember. I'll never forget Matt Brown saying that. So, so from there you went to you went to um, Ferris, mm-hmm. correct? But then you went to. Did you go to Markell after that? Yes. Okay. I went to Markell after that. I wasn't at Ferris for too long, about five months or so. Um, and I heard about the Markel job. I think they were actually traveling. Um, I don't know that they had a mixer. They may have just taken dad out for drinks mm-hmm. on an agency call. And he mentioned that I was in the industry and threw my name out. And they said, well, have her contact us. Let's set up an interview. We're traveling across the state. We'll be in Northwest in a couple of days. So if she's interested, let's sit down and chat. They were trying to fill a vacancy here and um, interviewed. Didn't think I had any, any chance. 
Mm -hmm. of getting the gig. And I ended up being brought on uh, with another gal who's still in the industry, I believe, Jennifer Hill. And we split the state of Arkansas working for Markel. Um, And it was, it was a fantastic opportunity for a young gal. I was about to turn 22, um, you know, got the the corporate card and got to drive all over the place, wine and dine agents. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. So yeah. So how long were you at Markel? I was at Markel for two and a half years. Two and a half years. So what was the, uh, well, this is kind of a two-part question, because you would die trusted to that mm-hmm. after Markel. So what, uh, what, how did that decision come about? A, and B, was it a, was hard, it a hard transition, transition to go from, because I guess you would have been on with um, Ferris early on, but I mean, before this, but going full-time to the agency side, was that a hard decision to make? Why did you make the decision? Was it a hard transition for you? Yeah. I think I had juggled with the decision for a while. Ultimately, I felt that my goal, if I was going to stay in the industry, would be to transition back to the agency side at mm-hmm. some point. Um, and I loved I loved the bouncing back and forth that I had in the early years because I was able to intern at a regional carrier work at an agency. I'd learned about the business from dad and even had a brief stint with a shelter agent when I was in college. Mm. Um, so I've been on the agency side a couple of times It had the exposure on the carrier end and thought that the Markel opportunity would, would be great for me to learn more. And it really was. I got to learn aspects of underwriting, um, obviously marketing, and then got FaceTime with agents all day, every day, every day across the state of Arkansas and Oklahoma, agencies of, of every scale, size, um, general makeup. So I learned so much about how agencies operate in ways that, that I felt could maybe even better dad's agency. Um, and so I decided to make the leap over. Heath had actually made the leap over to the mm-hmm. agency as well. So I followed him. I was a couple months after he got brought on. Um, and it was something that I wanted to do as much as I loved Markel and the traveling gig. It did start to weigh on me after a while, being yeah. in hotels so often, traveling so often, feeling like I was missing opportunities closer to home. Um, so I wanted to, to transition over into something that was going to provide a little bit more stability as far as where I was from day to day um, and getting to work with family because I had, had lost mom uh, when I was young and I wanted to stay connected to dad. And insurance always provided a good opportunity um, for us. We didn't have a ton of similar interests growing up, but sports was always mutual playing field for us. And then insurance became that way. So it was a good opportunity for me to reconnect with him and pour some love back into that relationship. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine, like, I mean, I know your dad and what an awesome guy. And I've, I've said this before to people, he He's got such integrity. He's honest. He's very, he's just an agent that you would want to have. And so from, how much did you learn from him? Well, he taught me so much prior to that. Dad has been a huge guiding force in my life. And we've, it's funny, we're not, I don't even know the best way to say it. We're we're not the most affectionate with each other, Um, but we've always worked really well together. He's taught me so much about finances growing up, really how to establish myself as an adult way before coming to work with him. So he's always been someone that I've respected as Mm -hmm. as a father, as a business person. And through all of my ventures prior to, to coming on, he was always a sounding board. When I had questions at Ferris, about coverages, and I was too afraid to ask someone else. I yeah, call that. Yeah, he knows it. For yeah, sure. he knows yeah. it. When I was at Markel, I'd call and 
and sound off ideas, um, struggles that I was having with, with management or with the base or just how to operate more efficiently in my role. He's always been someone that I could go to uh, and seek advice. He's a straight shooter. And that's what I love about him. He yeah. doesn't, doesn't gloss anything up. He's going to give it to you straight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, and to be totally honest, and he's definitely going to listen to this, whenever I see his name pop up on my phone, it scares me a little. He scares me a tad. Not because I don't love him, because I do, but he just, he's so, he's so smart, and he's so, like, it's intimidating, because that's kind of my thing, I'm like, ooh, that, you know, he, he just, he knows what he wants, he's going to ask for it, and he's just, sometimes, like, he, almost all the time, he knows more than I do, and I know that, and he's just, he's just so good, and, but it kind of, whenever I say, and I answer it, I try to every time, and be on top of it for you guys, whatever you need. But yeah, it just kind of scares me a little bit. Am I, not like, you know, I just kind of be like, oh, oh, there's David. You're not alone in that. And it's funny to me when you call him David, like you'll say, <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, uh, you know, I'll say something like, well, I think David's taking care of that. I'm like, Sydney, what do you mean you're dad? <laughs> it's hilarious when you do that. So, but that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, I, I think y'all have a great thing going on over there. I, I just, I love working with y'all. I love everything. So. Yeah, we've got a good thing going. And that's not to say there aren't challenges. I think anyone who's worked with family would tell you that there are good days yeah. and not so great days. Um, just because you've, you've got so many other elements involved. So it's, it's challenging. I mean, you have, you've got relatives in the industry and you work closely with, yeah. with people who are, who are related. So you've seen that too. Um, so we it's, have it's uh it is challenging when i uh, i mean it i don't know I, to work with your dad i don't know if i could work with my dad like you do my dad's on a different side though he teaches classes and stuff but i tried to sell accident cancer insurance for him in the early days and you know it, it is it is tough it is tough to to be in there with him, but you know, dad's awesome and and, and I love him. But it it is a hard thing, and sometimes I'm like, I don't see, I really don't see how husband and wives do it. Yeah, like that's that's the weird thing to me. But somehow, some people make it work. Some people make it work. Yeah, some people do. But you know, of course, our name. I mean, Heath is in the business, so it's just it makes you kind of have to think about what you do or say because. My last name is Sharon, so I have to think about, like, what it may do to them if I mess up somehow or do something stupid or whatever, that they could carry some of that because, you know, we're we're all in the business. And same, I mean, he's crazy. So I got to be like, be like, well, is he your brother? I'm like, no, I don't know. Our names are spelled the same, but no, we're, we're not uh, – we're not, we're not related at all. So, but I'm just kidding. I love you. If you're listening, what would you say is the most challenging part of working with, uh, the, the hardest part of your job? What, is there anything that is just, you just hate to do at all? That I hate to do. Well, I hate to struggle. I mean, rating, rating commercial accounts is not my favorite thing in the world. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's an aspect. Yeah. I mean, Working in this small business carries with it some challenges because we're we're a small crew. Um, 
we're a good crew, a sound crew, but we're mm-hmm. small. So when people need to take off work, you've got to backfill things and it keeps you from, from being able to take advantage of, of certain opportunities out of the office too. And just making sure that, you know, we're being, we're being financially sound and, and we're being ethically sound and all of the, you know, all of the stresses that I think any business owner carries. I'm not at that stage yet with the agency, but I am the perpetuation plan. So I do think about um, those things as we move forward and, and try you know, try to be as involved and as proactive as I can possibly be in yeah. making sure that, that our ship stays on its course. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean that's, that's, a, that's an awesome answer. Do you, and this is, I'm, I'll, this is a question really, because I want to, I'm, are you addicted to your email at all? Because I am. Yes. I mean, it never, ever stops. My email, will call, another thing that causes me to lose sleep is like, I, it's hard for me to shut off. And I look at it all the time because people are coming in. I need this now. I need this now. And and you're in the same boat with insurance. So is it is it something that when you're at home at night or after hours, do you do you check it like you're at the dinner table or whatever? Do you are you constantly checking your email or do you turn it off when you go home and your time at home is your time at home? I would like to say I turn it off, but that would be a lie. I don't. I, yeah. check, I check it routinely. I check it more than I check social medias or anything else that my phone has to offer, yeah. unfortunately. And I'm, I'm constantly thinking about it, making sure I've responded to things or getting mentally set for the next day. I try to be as accessible as possible, especially trying to grow a book of business or just, you know, being being receptive to your customers. Right. So it's in, a tough line to toe. Yeah. So in the beginning, when I first started, underwriting four or five years ago and I was trying to build a book I was obsessed with my email it's gotten a lot better now but just trying to make sure I was the first one to get back with you or to get a quote back with you I just it was it was unhealthy I mean I really wanted to to please everybody and as time goes on and I've built up a good book one, I realize you can't please everybody you just can't and two I mean my kids are young a wife and you got to give time to them, watch them, your kids grow up. And when you're stuck in your email all day, my dad gets mad at me all the time for it. So I'll be talking to him and check my email. He's son, you got to, you know, put your phone down. So, and, and he's right, but it is such a hard thing because you, I mean, to balance the work, uh, the work life with your personal life is such a, is such a hard thing to do. So, but I also wanted to ask you, um, speaking of personal life, and I, you probably know where this is going. Are, you're married to Sydney, so has your... Not officially. You're not married. You're not married. Y'all are together. Oh, we're together. Yeah, how long have yes. been together? We, we've been together for uh, seven and a half years. Yeah, wow. Depending on when this airs, I may have a different answer for the, right, the, right. the next steps. Wow, okay, okay, so... Seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. That's awesome. When are we going to hear the wedding? I mean, well, is that a question for her? Well, no, it's a question for me. So oh. I was saying, depending on when this this thing airs, there oh. may be developments. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. the idea is early, too, <laughs> so we'll see. But nice, nice. Yeah, that's the plan. We've uh, we've been together for seven and a half years. We. We've known each other for a long time, met each other originally in middle school, went to high school together. Oh, really? We weren't in a relationship at that point, went to separate colleges and reconnected later in life and yeah. got things going. So I 
as far as identifying, we can we can jump into this as much as you want. Well, this is what I struggled with. I was like, I, and it, this is the question that came to me up last night because I don't because I, I love you so much, and I was like, how do I ask this? But I think it's important. The question I'm going to ask. So, I mean, do are you? Yeah. How do you identify? I guess I'm not so concerned about the labels. I'd say that you know I'm gay or lesbian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know I. I think looking back on life, I was always aware um, that I was a little bit different, that I wasn't attracted to, to men, but there were always reasons for that. I thought I'm focused on work or I'm focused on sports. I'm focused on this, that, and the other. You know, who, who that dates at this stage in their life end up together? It's not for me. Waste of time. I don't right. care. I'm not about it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until Sydney and I reconnected that I, I started to see that the things I felt for her were were way far past what I'd felt for anyone before. And it took me a while to figure out what all that meant. Um, and then we we ended up starting our relationship and we were still both in the figuring ourselves out phase because I don't think it was clear cut for her at that stage either. It was just something that developed from friendship for us. And looking back, I can pinpoint all of these moments that are very clear to me that I've always felt that way for her. Even mm -hmm. going back into high school, I just didn't realize or wasn't at that place where I could explore what I was feeling. Right. Um, and it was hard. You know, I grew up in the Bible Belt. So in Bryant. In Bryant. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there weren't a ton of people that were out in school. Um, and so I, I really wasn't exposed to it. Saw a few things on TV growing up, but it wasn't a topic that my family was all that familiar with or interested in discussing. So a lot of the feelings I just kept bottled up and it took me a long time I think there was a lot of closeted homophobia or residual homophobia just from growing up where I did yeah. and not feeling like I had safe spaces to really work through those those thoughts and feelings so my evolution took a little bit longer than I would have liked the, yeah. the early years even with our relationship were closeted which was really tough yeah. um and even working in the industry well that was that was my next question yeah. has it as your sexuality created any kind of obstacles for you in the industry at all have you felt any and if not maybe not i don't know i mean has there because we do live in the south i mean and people are you know some people are close-minded to some of this kind of stuff so i mean has, has it created any kind of a a wall for you in the i industry? think it was a self-imposed wall to be honest i was very much afraid of how I would be received by people. So I kept certain aspects of my personal life private. Um, and that was, was a big thing I kept private, which creates complications in developing relationships with people when you can't be forthcoming about yeah, yeah. the person who is, is the, the biggest force in your life, the most important aspect of your life, the person you come home to. Um, and so I was, I was very afraid of that earlier, especially when I started with Markel, because I was traveling is the face of Markel, trying to develop relationships with agents. And I was very particular on what I offered up because I didn't want, I didn't want to change their perception of me and in turn have that negatively impact right. yeah. my employer. So it was a tough line to tow. Eventually I got to the place where I was a little bit more open with certain people. And, and once I took that step, it was really easy for me. And coming to the agency helped too, because then I didn't care. It was the family agency um, I'm supported by my family and I yeah. felt that I had more space to not be so concerned about potential impacts as far yeah. as work was concerned. Wow. Wow. 
All right, so uh, I've written down a few rapid fire questions. Are you ready for this? All right, and ready as I'll ever be. A little, a little rapid fire. Here we go. What's the first thing you do when you get to the office? I'll pull up the email. Ah, what about coffee? Do you make coffee at all? I make coffee at home, bring it with me to work usually. What do you, what do you take for coffee? This, me too. Well, I'm on keto right now, which I got to end tomorrow because I'm going on a guy's fishing trip and that's neither here nor there. But yeah, usually I, I do a little cream, but right now I'm on black. So you're straight, straight black. I'm straight black most mornings. I'll do a splash. We have some almond milk creamer at the uh, house. So yeah. I may do a splash from feeling a little crazy. Yeah. If it's, if it's a rough morning, I, I need a little bit of cream to help me get right. Then, yeah. then I'll lean into that. But no, typically it's, it's all black. I like the bite. All right. Here we go. Favorite restaurant. Ooh, Red Door of the Pantry. Nice, nice. I love the red door. We don't go to the Patriot, and we don't live far from it. But, um, a few more, a few more. Favorite movie? Ooh, see, I'm a musical fan, so um, Moulin Rouge would probably be Moulin Rouge. I love Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Great one. As well. Yeah. But Moulin Rouge. Nice. I got the whole thing memorized front to back. Nice. Oh, yeah. Wow. I have seen Moulin Rouge. That has Nicole Kidman, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even McGregor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't remember. I don't remember what I thought about it. It was a long time ago when I saw it. But it's hit or miss. Yeah. It's it's a very uh, Baz Luhrmann's editing style. Yeah. Story, which is owned so you're into it or you're not, which is fair. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd say that's probably my favorite. Yeah. Uh, favorite TV show? Oh gosh, I hate picking favorites with these. Um, I'd say. Goodness. I love Arrested Development. I'm really into Yellowstone these days, but oh. I don't know that I'd say it's my favorite. It might be my favorite on TV currently. Yeah. Because I binge watched the first three seasons yeah. as well a few months back. Because I just I knew I was late to the party. It's all anyone ever talked about. Yeah. Um, so I binged those. It was great. Now that I'm having to watch week to week, it's just I don't like to digest things on a weekly uh -huh. basis. Mm. Same. I'm a binger. I'm a binger, I'm a binger through and through. Yeah, I mean, it does make me want to like turn into a cowboy and like wear cowboy boots, but yeah. I don't ever have and like protect my land. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so favorite band slash artist? Mm. Queen. Nice. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie was awesome. It was a great movie. I, I went to that movie. Kind of kicking and screaming because I heard that Russell Brand was supposed to star in it instead of the guy who did it, I'm blanking. Rami. Yes. Yeah. And Wow, was, I didn't even know that. I'm so glad. Russell Brand was going to star in it. Glad and, it didn't go that way. Well, well, he was, it was supposed to be, be more of a raw movie, but it wasn't going to be. And so Russell Brand pulled out. So they got the new guy, the other guy, Rami. 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 Rami Malik. Yeah. And, and so Hannah wanted to see it, my wife. So I went, I was like, okay, we'll go. And I was blown away. He did a fantastic job. And the story I thought was great. I mean, I don't know. It's good. Rami's great. Rami it's is. another, he's in a TV show called Mr. Robot. Yeah, I heard that's one. awesome. It's a great one. No, I have not watched it, but I heard it's great. I need to check it out. All right. Uh, two more, then we're going to put a bow on it. Okay. All right. Electric chair. You're about to get electrocuted, okay? What is your last meal? And you get you get an entree, a drink, and a dessert. Mm. Uh -huh. Okay. So I'd say I probably follow the 80-20 rule when it comes to what I eat. I'm 
vegetarian or pescatarian 80% of the time. Yeah, I'll throw in some meat here and there, uh, but not often. But if it's my last meal, meat's going to be there. It'll be a medium rare steak, twice baked potato with a salad or some asparagus. Um, My drink would be an old fashioned. If I can, you know, have alcohol, if not, I'll just take a Coke. Um, And then dessert would really be anything chocolate. Chocolate mm, cake. Yeah. Brownie. I don't care. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Chocolate, will, chocolate will be the last thing. Nice. But anyway, so Sydney Hawkins, I think, I mean, I think this was good. Did you, did you have a good time? I mean, it was a good time. I think it's time to, to wrap up. We recorded for what? Yeah. We had 40 minutes. We did good. We, we did, did good. I want to say, I mean, seriously. Thank you so much for coming. And Absolutely. I, I really do love, love you so much. I love, I trust. Um, um, I, I, I want to thank you. I mean, I've been doing, when I, from the moment I was new at Underwood, you stuck with me. You stuck with me and I'll never forget it. And I love you for it. I've said I love you like a million times, <laughs> but I really do. And, and it means so much to me. It's something I'll never forget. And, I love your buying. Your, your buying orders are awesome. They're just. Oh, they're, you like you like the language I use. I do. I well, most buying orders are like, uh, please buy. That's it. That's all I get. And then yours is like, hello, Chase. Please consider this our formal request to buy or whatever. It's great. And I read coverage. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love it. So, but. Anyway, I never had to check your apps. I know they're always right. And I just, I love working with you. I'm glad we're friends. And uh, Likewise. Yeah. It's been a joy. I've, I've loved you moving over to the underwriting side. Yeah. You to throw things your way. You're always responsive. You're willing to talk through anything. So you make it easy for us. Gosh. I'm we so love good. and appreciate you right back. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, all right. Well, I think that does it. And um, I'll um, see you later. All right, my guy. Bye. And there you have it, the interview with Sydney Hoffman. What an amazing person. I so enjoyed uh, getting to interview her and hearing her story. I hope you did too. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a, a great experience, and I hope to do this more in the future. Interview just random people that you know and love in the industry around Arkansas that you, you we, we talk to every day. And just kind of do a deep dive into their life, a little 30-minute, 45-minute glimpse into who they are. Uh, That's kind of the goal here, what I wanted to do. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'm Chase Sharon. This is the subcast of, of Insurance Town that we'll hopefully be doing every once in a while and putting out for you guys. Anyway, hope you guys have a great, great rest of the week. And I will see you soon. Bye.